and welcome to Dramas Over Flowers. I'm Anissa, and it's time for the long yak! In this episode, we tackle the recent big news of the drama fever shutdown and look back a little on how drama watching has changed. Dramas we discuss this time are Fox Bride Star, The Beauty Inside, Terry is Behind Me, The Smile Has Left Your Eyes, also known as 100 Million Stars Falling from the Sky, Player, and Ghost Detective. Saya and I also moon over the delightful Canadian sitcom Kim's Convenience, which, trust us, totally counts as a K-drama. Enjoy! Hi everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Parma. And you're listening to the 10th Yak! Wow, we made through 10 of these. How did we get to 10? Wow. The email said it was Yak 9. Wait, I'm confused. It was? Oh, cute. <laughs> it is 9. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Somebody can't count. I can't. Clearly, we made through the 9 of these. Anticlimax, then. Well, yeah. Regardless, it's the long yak. It's dramas <laughs> over flowers. <laughs> so, big week. Um, drama fever shut down. Um, and I co- I've read so many articles at this point, I can't keep them straight in my head. Um, but yeah, nine years of service. Who? I just had no idea it was that long. It feels like they were new, like, I don't know, just a couple of years ago. But um, Were you guys watching dramas when they first came out on the scene? Or did you join K-dramas later? Yeah, I just came on board like five years ago, so I'm not really that, I don't, yeah, no. And I've, I've never had access to drama fever, so... Yeah, it's not like yeah. It's actually quite funny in in the whole drama fever news is that of course everyone in the states is like devastated, and And the rest of the world is like oh yeah, I've never used them anyway (laughs) because (laughs) they just weren't an option for me. But um, partly because of that, and partly because like my introduction to uh my first um experiences of watching K drama were not through. Uh, official channels because they didn't exist uh, or at least they didn't exist here in the UK um so you know <laughs> and Anise because you've been pretty much watching it the longest out of uh, the three of us but like even if I haven't been watching K-dramas I've been watching sort of niche stuff for like my entire life so <laughs> it's always been a case of like the the scene has always been changing Mm. When you when you watch stuff that is not mainstream, it's always changing. How you watch it, where you watch it, you know, um, the quality of what's available. So, like, to me, it doesn't feel like, you know, the end of the world. But I can see why for people who have only been watching, for example, through Drama Fever, it does feel like the end of the world. If you told me that Vicky was shutting down, then I might be like, oh... <laughs> yeah, I would hate that. I actually, yeah, that would be that would like shake my world. Uh, in the same way that uh, it it shook when when Rama Fever was taking other sites down, which I think uh, about maybe half the fandom remember the pre Rama Fever world. Um, so let's yeah, so let's talk about like what exactly happened with the shutdown. You want to just. Okay, so uh, Drama Fever was sold in uh, 2016 to Warner Brothers. Um, But in June of this year, AT&T bought out Warner Brothers, which included all of its subsidiaries, which 
therefore included Roma fever. Um, and I, I've, I've read around in so many places I can't quite cite each source right now. But um, part of the reason that Warner Brothers uh, bought Roma fever in the first place is because they had that they were developing this proprietary technology for um, the overtop uh, the um, the streaming technology. So that's actually what's interesting in the story is that though AT&T have you know shut down the delivery of drama fever service they have retained the team i think they've laid off like 22 employees or something but the tech team the develop the the uh, developers team that is being absorbed into or has been absorbed into um the sort of the the bigger the body. new subscription whatever thing that they're coming well, the thing up is, with they're amazing. saying that the new subscription service which uh, AT&T is planning to launch in about 16 months is meant to consolidate all of their OTT services uh, and uh, OTT is over the top which is like a um, media over an internet connection so basically streaming media mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. that's the big playing field right now everyone wants a piece of that pie the ott pie and when drama fever started um it wasn't a thing like OT, the ott direct to consumer um uh, what is it called uh niche it, it was niche it was not uh it was not a thing that everybody did um but now streaming has become the norm streaming is is where everything is happening so yeah. that's why you've got like they've just um they've been dwarfed because they they may have been like the pioneer in that field but everyone is bigger than them now so it kind of it is inevitable when you've got a company like AT&T which is massive they're not counting in millions um as the digiday article pointed out their their numbers are like you know billions so it from a business point of view like i can see why it happened even though i i don't like it and i don't think it's right but it's like you know it's like you've got mail and the shop around the corner being shut down by the chain bookstore it's like Except there's no like cute romance between uh, tom hanks and meg ryan to make the pill less bitter yeah you know i always hated that romance i didn't i was like me How? too you this you destroyed her entire life and livelihood and now you're like it's okay because i'm in love with her no it's not get out <laughs> uh, well, that got personal quick <laughs> yeah. yeah that was no, not but- my favorite tom hanks movie uh uh-uh. I actually like that movie a lot, but not being like. Oh, I love the. I love the. Um, part drives me mad. Yeah, the part where they like fall in love without knowing each other is is kind of it's cracktastic. That's but. like my favorite trope, right? This whole the correspondence romance where you don't know who they are, which is why you know I'm, yeah. I still talk about um, Cinderella story and stuff. But um, Daddy long legs. Yeah, no, not the yeah. bookshop. Sorry, and you yeah. know. Because, um, disclosure for our listeners because I um, own a book well not me personally but like my family has a bookshop so it's like it's very personal <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that. I would not forgive but, that this is the thing now they have um one of the excuses that they gave for shutting down drama fever is that it's really expensive to license Korean dramas for um international especially american viewers of course because that's where uh, drama fever is 
and i think it's gone up to like a million dollars like for one uh, show which is supposed to be completely unaffordable for them it just i'm um, no, i mean that number is huge a million dollars for a show is huge that's not at all considering like considering the scale of the operations at places like Vicky and Drama Fever, yeah, they're operating at generally a similar scale, I would say. But the um, thing is, I mean, they don't have Netflix money, right? Netflix has been throwing around money yeah, like but as if it's just like peanuts. This so. is the thing. It's like um uh what was I gonna say? Um uh what was I gonna say? Oh right. Okay, so the numbers <laughs> like the original <laughs> variety article, um, I think might have had a typo in its numbers because if you're saying that uh, originally it was eight hundred thousand and now it's a million, well that's not a big difference. Um but the it it's actually I do believe that's a typo. The Digiday article uh has that at eighty thousand, which makes much Ooh, more sense. Yes. Because oh. Vicky wouldn't be able to afford that either. And you know, they're paying similar prices for their licenses. But then again, they, Vicky like, they were direct competition to each other, Vicky and Drama Fever. Um, Vicky I, doesn't I'm sorry, I'm just one second. I, I just wanted to point out that Vicky doesn't seem to have as broad a catalog as Drama Fever does. Most of the dramas that are currently airing, if I can't find it on Vicky, they're most definitely on Drama Fever. So I think that doesn't pay its subbers. So that's a, no, no, that, that, is, that is a separate. They don't have to put do you, it. Do you, mind if, do you mind if I lay that out? Um, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to cut in. I just want to, because um, I volunteer for Vicky. So I, I know a little bit about how it works on the inside. Um, not, I'm not like, you know, paid by them or anything. I'm a volunteer. Um, oh, about the, so Vicky and Drama Fever kind of operate on the same level and scale. So they were each other's direct competition. Um, but what uh, Vicky users might have noticed in the last 18 months or so is that they were, uh, Vicky had a really hard time getting licenses because Drama Fever would get them first. Um, and ah. Drama Fever would kind of, they would, they swoop, they had an agree, they, uh, and this is kind of, I, I don't have a source for this, so I might be wrong, but it's kind of what I've heard on the wind in the last year and a half. Um, Drama Fever would, uh, they had an agreement with the cable networks, like with TVN and stuff, to get TVN drums. So there was uh, a point, uh, uh, quite a long period where v uh, Vicky was getting very few licenses and none of them were cable ones. And the cable shows were the popular ones, the t uh, TVN yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, and then you had, uh, what was the other thing you said before that, P? I wanted to address it and I can't remember what it was. But they don't pay their subbers? Oh, right. That was what so, yeah. So, nice. yeah, no. Um, Drama Fever... Um, for all its uh, sins and flaws, it did pay everybody properly. Like it, whoever was working for Drama Fever or providing something to Drama Fever, they got paid. So their subs got paid, their uh, video techs got paid, their, everyone got paid. Um, whereas Vicky uh, is a for-profit business and um, Vicky is owned by the Japanese uh, company Rakuten, which I may have pronounced wrongly, um, which is huge. So they don't seem to be in danger of going down anytime soon. And they've been expanding in Southeast Asia as well. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> risk, I'll come back to this later. Go on. Okay. Um, so, but the, so I have, I have a big problem with, with Vicky's business practices because essentially, uh, and they have a higher subscription rate as well. And uh, Vicky has also been providing 
uh, they've got some what appears to be a, a partnership with Cocoa. And now Cocoa is like a consortium of the big three networks uh, in Korea, uh, MBS, uh, NBC, KBS, and SBS, uh, the three broadcast uh, networks. Yeah. Korean content wave, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and what they have done is the they those three uh, networks have gotten together and um, introduced their own streaming service to compete with Vicky and Drama Fever. Um, but it's like I, honestly, I really I feel like it's Kakoa is has been a big part of the problem um, because they've kind of they've bottlenecked um the the whole licensing thing so they've got this stranglehold where the they're driving the, up the price yeah the, like you, they have to go through cocoa to get licenses um wow. and cocoa is they're going to sell it to the highest bidder okay they're not interested yeah. uh in the integrity of the fandom right or the people who are supporting the services like drama fever and vicky so if netflix is going to pay you a million dollars and you know uh, the smaller services can only afford a hundred thousand you're not gonna be like well i'm gonna give it to the little guy you're gonna sell it to your highest bidder uh, and that has you know driven up the the cost of licensing to the point where i guess uh, you know drama fever has not turned over a full year profit and they were set to end this year um with um uh, losses in single digit millions but still a loss is a loss so yeah. and and Netflix kind of doesn't really care about its debt they're like they are in like huge debt but they're at this point where they're still able to expand so they are mm, and, I mean they've been canceling shows this last <laughs> couple of weeks like as Oh if, really? You know, yeah. But I mean they don't Rather seem like they're away. about to I mean they seem it's like they're they still that every season they're spending rather than making That's money true. which every business mm. does like there's a, yeah. a period Netflix where Netflix also doesn't disclose it. anything so we just don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah well the, it's interesting that because there's a lot of speculation that it Netflix's growth isn't sustainable and that's why they're focusing on original programming because uh the like uh, Disney um you know Disney are launching their own streaming service I think yes they are <laughs> yeah so they're slowly and so eventually, taking back all yeah everyone's pulling their content yeah. from Netflix so at some point Netflix is not going to have the content it currently has because those uh companies are uh, trying to produce their rival services um, I was going to say something else before that. Oh, back to Vicky. Um, so yeah, Drama Fever pays people for stuff, and Vicky, like the um, and their relationship with Cocoa, which means that they introduced a tier in their subscription system, which gave access to Cocoa content through the Vicky service, but it wasn't Vicky's content. Um, but the content that is Vicky's is uh, its community sub, so it's a crowdsourced subbing, but the thing that really annoys me is uh, the thing that is um, I, I don't find quite ethical is that people who pay for a Vicky subscription are not paying for access to dramas. They're paying for subtitles on their dramas because mm. you can watch yeah. Raw anywhere. You know, that's not hard. You can find a Raw. The issue is where can I find it with English subtitles or Spanish or, you know, Italian or Portuguese or whatever. Because, like, you know, Vicky or is amazing. Hindi for that matter. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, you, if yo, Arabic is like one of the most Arabic popular is ones. huge. Yeah. 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 So Vicky does have this huge reach outside of the States. And I, I feel like a drama fever's dominance in the U.S., 
hasn't bothered Vicky so much because they've been expanding everywhere else and Drama Fever hasn't. So Drama yeah. Fever's exclusive licenses are exclusive to North America. Didn't really affect the other services outside of North America. Because, you know, mm. you'd have exclu- uh, the US would have uh, Drama Fever exclusives and I'd be able to watch those on Vicky because, you know, Vicky had them outside of those regions. The thing as well that's interesting to me about a, a studio or you know, um, a production company or a like a company. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So they're not only now owning the, the, the medium through which you're going to watch this, but they're now also trying, now they're also owning like the content, the content itself. itself. Yeah. yeah. That's actually so quite that's, a, a frightening. It is frightening content, and it? it's happening more and more because, um, yeah, so so I don't know where this is gonna go, and like with, with like it just seems like a succession of like larger things eating smaller things. Um, the thing that would happen though, the consumer. Sorry, I finished. No, I just wanted to bring up like I, this is not necessarily something that our K drama fandom loves, or maybe they do, and I just don't know. But like, don't, uh, Warner Brothers also they axed Filmstruck like two days ago, um, which is a streaming service that caters to like classic films that are usually not available even like on DVD or you can't really stream them anywhere. And it's like a really like super hardcore film fans love it. And they also have gotten rid of that in the last couple of days. I think for similar reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's a niche of like very fans who really love that stuff and they can't really find it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's weird to me that they're doing this, the run up to their large release of their own but you would think that they would maintain them at least for a bit longer because they have name recognition subscribers over to the new exactly and like you know goodwill is important i don't know maybe at&t is so big they don't care about goodwill but like for a media small to medium-sized business goodwill is everything because you survive on the goodwill of your customers um and the number of people who are not gonna like you know you betray your trust with your subscriber when you I mean you could have given some notice people had data you know they had their watch lists their watch history yeah. they had all sorts of stuff they uh, also the have subscription till next year which suddenly got well, I mean, axed the and they were not repaid the subscription can be easily solved because they are going to get refunds um you know the company can promise that but what about like people's personal stuff on that like i feel like for example say gmail uh, shut down tomorrow i would be actually distraught no. because my life is inside my email right <laughs> like my last 12 years uh, are inside that so i would like to have an opportunity to even if i know they're gonna go and i can't stop it i would like to have the opportunity to be able to take you know it, like it, it's not a house on fire or is it I'd like to be able to take my valuables and run, like, you know, packing for a journey rather than running from a fire, which is the way that they've made the users feel. I mean, you could have given them a week's notice at the, you know, shortest, three days, something, not just disappear one day. I mean, talk about the ultimate digital ghosting. Goodness. Burn me, let me say something. (laughs) Go on, P. I forgot. Oh, Oh, no, sorry. And the other thing, so just like throwing out some random stuff here is like, um, yeah. for example, with Rum Fever uh, versus Vicky, 
um, Vicky actually had higher subscription rates and higher tiers, so they actually passed on the cost of stuff like licensing uh, to to the user, which is kind of funny because you know they didn't pay their subs, whereas <laughs> Drama Fever didn't. Um, you know they kept their subscription rate fairly constant. I think approximately like five dollars a month or something. Something yeah. Like that. Whereas uh, Vicky's premium was ten dollars a month, uh, and then if you uh, added the uh, Vic, uh, the Cocoa tier, that went to like a hundred dollars a year. So was, you know they didn't. They had quite a. Um, I wouldn't say it wasn't like necessarily expensive, but it was more expensive than than Drama Fever was. So like Vicky has been able to cut costs and really vital and important places simply by you know why pay for something you're getting for free as my sister says <laughs> and then she's like you, you do it to yourself when i complain yeah. about all the hard work that goes into it just because i've seen how hard these teams work they work so hard but they put hours of their lives into it sorry no it's fine the thing about drama fever though is like they've become very legit in the last like five or six years yeah in the beginning um I mean, this is like 10 years ago, but when I first started watching Korean dramas, there were no streaming services that provided Korean dramas. You had to like download the RAWs mm -hmm. um, and then there would be, be these subbing teams that would subtitle dramas. And, you know, I miss with like us too. Or two. <laughs> yeah, with us too. Oh, they were the best. best. I miss them so they much. Had, like super high quality subs. So high Sometimes quality. Sometimes they would have like translator's notes, explaining things. and I yeah, love you know, translator notes, like, especially like because right now, Right now, you don't have a lot of Taiwanese and Thai dramas um, that are streamed on these main um, sites. So inevitably, that's what you resort to, bros and um, volunteer subs. And you have translators notes on, on, on why certain phrases are being used and stuff. And I've completely fallen in love with them. And because um, they I actually give you a proper translation of them. I mean, the this is oh God, yeah. for another day comparing the yeah. characteristics but, of translations. But to, just to get back to like the, the sort of the landscape that it was, and there was also like Band of Nuts fun subs were amazing. Like their subtitles for City Hall are the best subtitles that I've ever seen. And like, I actually have those hard subbed episodes saved on my laptop. And like, when I switch laptops, I like transfer them. <laughs> I, love, I love that drama so much. And I just love the way that they subtitled it so much. Um, and I like this, this part of the community where it's not just the drama, but you actually look up that, you wait for that particular subbing team on that particular subber to put out their yeah. uh, stuff. Cause you want their translation. You want them yeah. to make the notes. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, was, it felt very close knit, and you and you had to like yeah. wait. You know, it wasn't like you know six eight hours Instant after gratification. the episode comes yeah. out, the, it's like fully <laughs> subbed. And I mean, we're very spoiled now, but that was like yeah. you would have to wait a week, or, like, a week and a half. Like with some yeah. Japanese dramas, you have to wait like three weeks. You know, it was, yeah. and you know, and you understood because it's like this person is volunteering, and then they're having to do like all the encoding and the timing on all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and when Drama Fever first started they stole a lot of with us twos oh my goodness i thought they you know i thought they did that official like they had bought them and so then i, I found out that they had actually just lifted them wow. yeah they took them and like i think after a while people were like what are you doing and then they started saying and then they started like crediting them i don't know if they ever paid them but like it was kind of a people were really mad right when brahma fever came out and like yeah. now 
it's sort of uh, and drama fever was really aggressive about protecting because they had paid for the rights. So, I mean, like I can understand them being aggressive. I I don't like. No, I'm it. sorry. If you stole it. all your subtitles when you're starting <laughs> out, you don't have the right to like be sending DMCA notices to like drama beans and things like that for using screen caps. You know, like it, it was just ridiculous. So like I'm not as sad about them shutting down, although like I feel for the people who worked there. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like up. it's 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 really like it's the the beautiful irony of life that you know that they were shut down in this way it's like you know what goes around really does come around yeah i'm not saying i'm pleased about it because i'm not but you do feel like there's some kind of huh how ironic that's <laughs> it's just so interesting that you should go out this way when you know what you did to everyone else yeah so we'll see. I mean, in terms of the American K-drama landscape, like Amazon Prime, um, which is probably like number two after Netflix um, in Amazon terms of Prime amounts of subscribers, they had piggybacked. a subscription. Yeah, they had a little add-on for um, yeah, drama fever. For drama fever yeah. You could add on to your Amazon Prime subscription, which they don't have anymore. So mm -hmm. it seems like now Netflix is going to be the largest provider of Korean dramas. Um, I, to I have American uh, audiences. So some extra info. Extra mm -hmm. info here is it looks like On Demand Korea, which has always had a really small catalog. Like I remember when I was watching Solomon's Perjury at the beginning of I think last year or something. Um, this year, last year, anyway, a year. Um, they had they had a tiny, tiny library of K dramas, and they were subbed kind of slowly. Um, but uh, On Demand Korea has seemed to have taken on a lot of drama fever. They've certainly taken on their current dramas. Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't know if the licenses got passed on to them, but what is a loss, um, a double-edged kind of thing here, as in a loss, or was it karma, um, is that drama fever did have a massive catalogue of like older dramas, not just yeah. sort of currently airing. Yeah. Like, the pre-drama fever dramas even. So, so. That's like... I mean, there are places, you know, you can still watch them if you know how to use Google, you can still find places to watch them. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like they've disappeared off the face of the earth. But it, like, I understand that people want, of course, you want to have a legit way of watching it. But yeah. also understand that outside of the US, your legit options are not necessarily like the US has options. Uh, in this country, in, in the UK, in Europe, um, only in the last, I'd say, maybe three years, we've had options like Vicky and like we had one option. It was Vicky. Mm. Um, and, you know, in the last year or so, Netflix has expanded their Korean drama catalog. But like before that, you know, even though I didn't come, I came to the K-drama game about seven years ago now, nearly. Um, but when I was watching the first three or four years of my watching, it was not, you know, there wasn't any official channel. You just right. got them where you could. Yeah, no, that's how it was when I started, too. So uh, as someone um, staying outside um, America and not uh, probably not even having options that were open to UK, like drama fever was never here. So um, in, in my country, I, I got access to Vicky just last year, like paid access to currently airing program. Before that, we, I could watch older programs that Vicky had and I could sub for them, but I couldn't actually watch anything that was currently airing. And uh, I, there were no paid plans that I could subscribe to. So I had no options. View was also not available. That's It, it just Southeast came Asia, into the yeah. market. Yeah, Southeast Asia. And so 
until 2000 late 2017 all i had were the unofficial channel channels and there have been a lot of channels um that started that ended and we all had our favorites to yeah. go to so yeah it, but I just still more drama crazy <laughs> i i i have my yeah <laughs> but the drama yeah. crazy is gone i'm not going to i'm not going to jinx the one that i love most right now cuz if that one goes down i don't know where i'm going to go because it has like the best um uh, catalog uh, right now and that's completely inaccessible to me if i um the wiki doesn't have most of those dramas if i want to watch an older drama i have to go to these particular sites but here's the thing if i was given an official like as soon as wiki came to the market i subscribed i wanted to subscribe to view but view actually didn't have anything i wanted yeah. to watch but um <laughs> i i subscribed to wiki i actively watched stuff even though it's it's probably because it, it, there's always a days de- delay while the subs work and whereas in the unofficial ones the subs get done a lot faster they're not as good as the wiki ones but they get done faster one, so one thing can i add here sorry just yeah. because i think there's a lot of misunderstanding here any subs you see on an official sites have all been lifted from official ones just to get that clear <laughs> okay um so i couldn't watch it on the unofficial channels but instead i wait for it to come on wiki because i i i just I like it. I like Vicky's subs. I like that I'm watching it through that's my tiny contribution to this industry that I like that I'm paying for that I'm subscribing to it. But even more than that, I just I just like that there are other things that I like. I like the the comments that I can see on on screen while I'm watching the drama and that's like an interaction <laughs> that you have with other viewers. And like yeah. Vicky has the best comments. It's it's oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is it is it's awesome. So I would I would if Drama Fever was here, I would have subscribed to Drama Fever by now. If I'm given an option between an unofficial and official channel, I would go for the official channel. But I don't have that option. so i go for the unofficial ones and because i love this industry i'm not just going to stop watching because someone might cry pirate but yeah um <laughs> but here's the thing now that drama fever is gone you are going to have other like in in um america canada and um you know um uk you are going to have other channels come up sooner or later but while that happens people will have to resort to unofficial channels like um, i mean if they have want to watch current clearing dramas yeah like uh Burma saying about Vicky and how much she likes the subs i think for me vicky has been kind of the real uh, the the one place that sort of carried on the legacy of fan subs i mean i mean they actually are fan subs it's just that somebody's making money and it's not subbers um but yeah the best subs are still coming out of fan subbers mm. and the fan subbers have pretty much gone to vicky yeah So um, I know that um Sai you said that Cocoa might have like started this entire snowball effect with raising the raising the price of the um licenses but um since it is an attempt by the industry by the Korean um drama producing industry to have a handle on how the international audiences get access to their stuff this might not actually be a bad thing because so far most countries don't have official access to these dramas and if the industry itself wakes up to the fact that international audiences are a big chunk of um uh their revenue and that and and they want to direct how how people get access to their content that's that's maybe not a bad thing it may be giving us more options in the future so 
I am a bit optimistic about that, especially coming from a market where I do not get access to most of um, Korean drama content. Easily. Can I answer that quickly? Yeah. So I think that's quite an optimistic way to look at it. And um, I wish Your that was true. Really too optimistic. I, I wish that was true, but I honestly think it's about money. Um, because, if, you know, at the end of the day, everyone wants to make money. That's more important than transporting your culture, you know. Um, like, yeah. This is, we're talking about private companies. We're not talking about, for example, the Korean government, which does have this, uh, you know, it has branches of government which are specifically devoted to the transmission of Korean culture in a positive way to the rest of the world. And, you know, there's funding that goes into that and there's policies and there's initiatives. There's a whole lot of stuff that uh, goes into this, uh, you know, tra the, the transmission of, of how you... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but this here is 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 a company thing. This is this is about money. It, it's always about money. Yeah. yeah. So okay, this isn't enough. about the experience of the international. No, but would you would you guys agree that um, co Korean uh, the industry, the actors, the the creators of these dramas are becoming more and more aware of the influence of international audiences? You see more and more. Um, uh, effort to to sort of collaborate with other um, collaborate with Netflix, for instance. Well, like well, you had Mr. Sunshine. Because Netflix gives you money. <laughs> because I agree, like, but no, gonna, everything, I all mean, of these things are going to be this. driven by money. That that yeah, is that is just going to be the foundational thing. In uh, a couple of yaks ago, where we talked about how yeah, where we talked um, about Netflix, it yeah. gave it gave um, sh uh, show producers creative freedom. But again, that's yeah. a different aspect of the production. I've I've been I've been like just small mentions in I was watching a drama uh, uh, the in the last week I don't remember which one maybe Beauty Inside where someone was talking about uh, something that some decision that had been taken by an agency and they were like oh it's because of the international audiences oh it was Beauty Inside um, about the, uh, this girl from this this child this kid from this other country who was a fan of uh, a Korean actress. It, it's the, the Hallyu wave said with some contempt as of how dare they try to influence our stuff. But um, still, they are becoming more and more aware of audiences outside. And, and we do have a certain amount of influence. I'm hoping that this leads to better access to their content in the future, even if it isn't like immediately done. Yeah, we'll see what access happens. Access is good, but quality is important. Uh, you know, I feel like we're getting a trade-off in quality uh, in favor of access. So... That's yeah. my last word. My last, last word. Okay. <laughs> well. We have another piece of news. Anissa, you want to you wanna tell them what, what happened yesterday? It happened yesterday. Tell them. Yeah, it was very exciting. Um, we had a very lovely professor from... University of Madison. No, University of Wisconsin-Madison. Wisconsin. Yeah. University of Wisconsin-Madison. Her name is Leah. And she used our podcast about our episode about men behaving badly in her graduate seminar which we were just like blown away <laughs> by so shout out I'm to like, I want to take that class so all of you right? I'm um, going to Wisconsin. Of Wisconsin students who had that class you're so lucky wow right if I knew I could study this kind of stuff at uni, I would not have gone and studied science. Okay, why did they do that to me? This is what happens when you grow up Asian. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but anyway, yeah. we were very excited and we we're very honored and very touched. And we want to just thank her and give her a shout out on here. So thank you so much for thinking that our thoughts were like <laughs> that important and for calling us fan scholars. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and if you have lecture notes, please send them to us. <laughs> Um, you, you, you know what it does do though? Um, I, 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 I'm sure they never thought about this, but when you hear that somebody, um, uses content that you created, uh, in a, in a way that you didn't expect that they actually use it to discuss, uh, stuff like transnational, um, discussion on the Me Too movement, that just, at least in my part, it inspires you to make, um, more of this stuff like just do just make episodes on things that you want to talk about that may not be directly like it may not be just just about asian dramas but about things around asian dramas and more topical that we often want to do but we don't do because we have time constraints we like it takes so long to edit each episode there are so many other things so so um it's this is our very awkward way of introducing the fact that um we're thinking of starting we, no we're not thinking we we are starting a patreon page and um guys please jump in <laughs> <laughs> okay so like we've been doing this for about a year a little over a year and we've been putting a lot of time especially Boromo has been putting in tons so of much time, time yeah because she does I the editing so guilty about she's this. amazing she does a great <laughs> job it does take her a lot of time so um but if there's, you know, if we have listeners who, who love what we do and who want us to be equipped as well as we can to keep on doing this, it would make a huge difference to us. Um, and, you know, like I said, we're going to keep on doing this. But we do suffer with the lack of equipment sometimes. And I'm just, I'm constantly guilty over the time that Borma puts into this because she doesn't do work that she gets paid for to do uh, in order to do this instead. Um, So it's like, if there was anything we could do to make that less of a burden. um, But there's, it's not just that. that. (laughs) There are also other things that we, we need better microphones because often our our audio quality is not really great and our listeners suffer for that. We, We try our best to make it, um, as clear as possible, but it's it's sometimes we can't help the network, but mostly it's the quality of our microphones. I think amongst us, Anisa is the only one who's got a half decent microphone, and I have a and she's got a amazing one, yeah, <laughs> which I borrowed, which I borrowed from my lovely brother. So it's not awesome. You guys have it good with brothers, but um, I don't have one, so I can't steal his microphone. You can have one of mine. But, I've got two. Great. We were trying to. Sorry, we were trying to make a point about how we don't have equipment. <laughs> no, I mean you can have one of my brothers. I've got two. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but the other thing that I really want to do is, if possible, I want to make transcriptions of our podcast because there are plenty of people who would prefer to um, read our discussions and and or or not just prefer, they would might not be able to listen to our podcast. So, we have these hopes, and we there are topics that we want to cover that we can't because of the cost constraints hmm. so and ways in which we it, want to expand we do want to expand and so yeah we have we have hopes we have uh, plans and we need a little bit of help to implement them um we have tiers uh, on our patreon page you guys can check it out uh, the links in the description below and um, 
if you guys, it's it's one dollar, um, three dollars, and five dollars per month. Um, whatever you subscribe to, uh, it'll only be debited once a month, and um, you guys do get uh, some bonus material. Uh, if you guys subscribe, so please go check our page out. If nothing else, just take a look at it and tell us if there's any way we can improve the page. Um, if there's something else you want us to do. Yeah, absolutely. Just suggestions would also be super helpful. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. But guys, if you can't, it's perfectly fine. There's absolutely. We, we love you. Love you no guys for listening so, so much. Just keep talking to us, leaving comments and give us emails and tweets. We love those. And if possible, please um, share our podcast because that I think is like the biggest way you can support us. Yeah. Every so. little helps. Okay. Yes. So shall we talk about dramas? <laughs> what have you yes. been watching? Let's. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so the very first one that we were pretty, we were confused about initially because they kept changing the name. And then um, we got a little excited with the uh, first episode, I think. Um, because it was so cute and whimsical, was Fox Bright Star or uh, um, West I was not Black. excited about. No, yeah, we weren't excited about. Yeah, excited, maybe. No, no, no. We were excited. Let, let me remind you guys. <laughs> let me remind you guys. The first episode, just when it started, uh, we were a little excited. It 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 had such no, a we whimsical were tone. Just before it started, right? And then as we yeah. carried on watching it, that excitement waned because. See, I think I think that happened uh, uh, at the end of hour one because the first episode was like a uh, half hour, right? So especially. Oh, I don't, I watch them in in hour blocks, so I kind of go with okay, that okay. Was the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think by by the end of hour two, we were I, I, we were fuming. There was. So much like that was going wrong, and we didn't want it to go wrong because there's so much potential. And okay, I'm I'm gonna let you guys talk about it first because I, I I think I've already said my piece um in a, in a post I wrote for our blog. But you guys you guys go ahead first. All right. So I I mean I wasn't super excited about this premise because it's like an airport. But Lee Hoon, Chase Bin, like who doesn't love them? They're they're amazing. They're beautiful. They're lovely. So. Yeah, I was excited. It seemed kind of, yeah, the previews and the names seemed kind of whimsical. So I was like, okay, maybe there's like a a little bit of an extra shining part to this that doesn't get expressed in like the airport premise. But um, yeah, I was, I had a pretty negative reaction to the first week's episodes. Like I just found the heroine to be like extremely unlikable. And I, I found that it was framing the narrative in a kind of a problematic way where like the the hero was just there to be a hero and save her and she didn't really have any kind of like self-reflection or self-awareness or um so I was not happy with the first week and then like the second week and then now we're like in the fourth week right episode seven because this week I think there was a preemption on Monday so it only aired one episode yeah. And like she's become a lot more likable as a character, but I also feel like in the second week instead of developing her character from a very unlikable heroine to someone who is like learning things and becoming a better person, they were just like, "Oh, psych." Like there was all this other extra flashbacks that you didn't see that explains all the horrible things about her. Yeah, she's not actually horrible. Yeah, she's she's a just a victim of misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, and now it's all about the hero's journey and his robot arm and his uh his pain and her it's just I don't know. Like the love story has gotten going and like they're cute obviously, but 
I don't know. I'm I'm like have a lot of feelings about it, which I'm kind of conflicted. So despite the apparent retconning, I am I do love the way it's gone. But then I think I also am not that good at noticing or being critical when a story does shift from being sort of heroine centric to being hero centric if I find that hero compelling. And I mean it's Ijehun, I do. And there was this moment in one of the recent episodes where he's walking down a corridor with a walkie-talkie, and you're like, my heart. Yeah, I suddenly learned way, way more about airports than I ever expected to, so that was <laughs> bad. I actually but, find that really interesting, you know. Yeah, I do, I do. No, it's more I, interesting I, I, than I expected at first, it's true. Yeah. And <laughs> also, I really think? like the... I really like the side characters. Like, I really like um, their immediate supervisor, um, I'm, uh, Young Siok, Young Siok Kun, I think. Yeah. Oh, the um, manager. Forgot. Redhead the manager. manager. Yeah. Just calling her the redhead manager. Sorry, I don't know her name. Okay, let's call her manager Young then. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I don't remember her first name. Young And Tim also, um, <laughs> and also the the evil stepbrother. Um, I'm not sure what his deal is, but it just he's he's really pleasant to look at and. He seems tortured somehow, so... Oh, I, I, his, I really dislike his character. Yeah, I mean, he's me really... He's overbearing and bullying and officious. He's and then awful! Women, no, but then at the same time, they make it like... this. There's meant to be something redeeming in him. And it's like, I don't find that redeeming because he's still a terrible person. But but did you did you guys watch, like, in, in the recent episode, he was talking to uh, Manager Young and he was like, whatever happened to uh, Iso Yun? something equally bad happened to me and we're all thinking wait the, no, the, the, the guy think... lost his limbs um no and no. his will to live and yeah, yeah also no. he's like so obsessed with himself that he doesn't care about anything that happens to anyone else like he's and so he's... yeah sorry go on no, he's like, actively <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, go sorry. go on go on oh, he's actively gone out of his way to persecute like not just disadvantage but actually persecute um uh what's his name uh he's not only he's persecuting him, but he's like using his disability against him at work yeah like, that's so oh, you're such a monster yeah that's so wrong like i can't I, root I'm, for you i'm i really don't want these two brothers to become all you know jong yeah. dong saying thing at the end yeah. please don't I don't think you can review this. I want him to be punished. And also, he's all like, how dare you be alive? And it's like... How dare you be in front of my eyes and make me feel guilty? What the hell? Why are you also okay? I'm like, I can't relate to that emotion. I can't relate to his emotion at all in that whole... Like, like, what is that? Yeah, Yeah. it's really strange. He's a strange character. I love the security team, though. Oh, I was about to say. Oh yeah, they, they especially. Um, I think Oh, that, 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 right, that's I really like, the girl. <laughs> I like both uh, yeah, of them. I, I like both of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's gonna be like roommate hijinks next week, so I'm gonna oh, really man. looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> I actually, okay, that, I kind of want Na Youngju to like put her in her place a little bit because like the hero definitely is not doing it anymore. That yeah. no, he's become all soggy. He's all like, oh, I told you some harsh truths before but i apologize for it but you know what it's I not really like did like oh sorry go on go on finish what you were gonna say oh no i was i was actually gonna ask you guys if you didn't find it a bit too melodramatic the way every every time they focused on his arm and especially that 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 particular scene where they where he was revealing his arm 
the number of shots <laughs> like just the look away and look again type shots that you were having and the you obvious have CGI <laughs> oh my yeah, god the art <laughs> stuff is really it's very <laughs> but why are they making making such a huge deal out of it that's what i want to know okay fair enough it's amazing advanced technology i'm assuming and this is magic in which case whoa maybe that's a deep dark secret it's like black magic gumiho magic that's the only time yeah then it would be like justified all the melodrama but there are so many really weird things that happen like there's that moment when he's standing in his room and he opens this secret i don't know something be- behind a bookshelf and there's this blue light spills out and then nothing <laughs> happens nothing <laughs> you know what i'm such a sucker for that tone you know that sort of magical realism tone yeah. but it almost yeah. doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense you've got you've got a cast <laughs> i love you've got this um emotion that you know is just like I, i i can buy it i'm i'm such an easy sell when it comes to certain things so <laughs> It, yeah just like, the whole because like fantasy romances like k-drama does the emotion of them really well and it does there's really hardly there's no fantasy no i know but you know because that's the kind of mood that they were selling like as we were going into it we were like what is this drama i don't know like what is yeah. it Um, and then as you're watching the first episode it feels like that yeah but then you get the you know the robotic arm and then you're like oh maybe this is like a but me, let me just point this out his robotic arm just covers <laughs> his forearm there's no way that arm gives him that kind of strength they, it does not make scientific sense it, you it, know, that, that this is super this is not like <laughs> you know like a superhero but this yeah. is worse yeah. than like marvels everything quantum theory i mean everything is quantum and that is like it doesn't have to make sense it just has to work okay and it works yeah, it like, works it enough. works true but the thing that i really do like the thing that sells it to me um the most the reason that i keep on watching at this point is because i like the way their relationship beats work i mean i i'm watching it partly for the side characters as well but between uh, Chesuwin and Ijehun the way that that relationship is developing in terms of you know like that moment when she asked is do you like me and then okay they have a really long beat oh, yeah. he's like i love yeah. it it's so good like you don't get this in dramas okay it's, it's just uh. like you can give it to them straight and it is like this is the best thing. I do really and then, like how honest they are with each other. Yeah, that. And that is like that's the best thing about their relationship and that is, you know, why I I'm still all in for them. I think my reservations I don't at this think... point are mostly just that like we were saying the shift from it being her story to becoming his story. So, I to was like it was not her story initially. It was just that both of them seemed to have their own arcs going yeah. and then suddenly her arc gets diminished whereas his arc takes over the entire space. And everything that she's been doing in the last couple of episodes or have been related to him, right? There's Yeah, directly. Really it's good. no longer about her Yeah, it's no longer and, her figuring out her place in her workplace. It's about her not letting other people think that she has a relationship or it's just Right. That I mean, I get she, it. Her, her 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 worries are valid. Like people making fun of you because you have an in-office relationship for instance, which is one of the rumors that was going on and she's so she was panicking about it and he didn't understand. Her point was completely valid that she she was the one who who would suffer. 
in 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 these kind of dynamics so i i i completely appreciate where this is going right now if they hadn't started the way they had started initially if you're going to give me an unlikable character which is fine i i was really invested in how unlikable she was i was like what this is unexpected and i hate her where does this go now but and then they, she just had this weird red con where they were like no no everything was misunderstanding so yeah there's yeah. that can i just and, make a quick sorry go yeah. on Nisa. no no it's fine go ahead Okay. I was going to say, just to make a quick comment on um, the really great blog post you wrote about that, um, about the flawed her- uh, heroines, and it reminded me of, you know, in Witch's Court, because I was thinking, do we really like flawed heroines? Because I'm like, I don't. I Like, I hated her so much in those first two episodes, first two me hours. Too. That I, I loved her. Oh, man. I, I, you know what? I didn't because, and this is, I talked about it a bit on Twitter. This is partly because um, I supervise people at work, and I need yeah. people to do their jobs. It's yeah. just don't walk around doing other things and then want credit. It just made me so angry. Like, just everything about it made me so angry in, <laughs> in a personal way, right? So yeah. I, the only reason I was willing to carry on is because it was Chisugin and because I love her. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, I, I, that's a, the kind of heroine I would not stick with. Uh, and but then I remembered uh, just like before we started talking, I remembered a witch is caught like Jung Yeo-won's character in that thoroughly unlikable yet somehow is it not okay not unlikable deeply flawed like so many problems in the way she did things yet you kind of still you there was something in her that was you could root for so that you yeah. stuck around for Oh yeah, I I absolutely like loved her. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about not liking uh, the first uh, couple of episodes of Witch's Court. No, no, I, I she did. Was amazing. I yeah. All right. <laughs> so my. I but then I like her. How her her character. If you if you watch. Yeah, as in that's uh, a genuinely Witch flawed female character who was allowed to maintain like keep her flaws, but she also. Grew. Yeah. Exactly. That is what you want. Yeah. And instead. The, and the thing is that the the they they chose certain aspects of a character that they kept kept consistent, and one of those things is her worrying about what other people think. That became in in the last week that that was the main theme that they were focusing on. But um, that was not actually. I'm sorry, I was talking about Faust Bright Star. Yeah. And but I think the worst aspect of her character wasn't that. It was her neglect of her work while trying to sort of like um get uh, like uh, uh, Saya said get credit for other things that she's doing like saving or trying to save a child or things that so interfering in things that are not your job yeah <laughs> exactly exactly she was attention seeking but she was not actually doing the job the day because she seemed to think that Whereas that was not if important she had done her job she would have got credit for doing her job because that is what exactly you yeah and then she was like all like oh nobody likes me it's because you don't do your exactly job. And it's like, do your job and everyone will. <laughs> um, she was so petty towards Iso Yon's character. Um, just, why? Because he was doing his job and getting credit for it. But she was like, no, you're their favorite. They hate me. That's why yeah, they're like not giving not me credit. He's not getting empty credit. He's doing his job. Right. Oh, yeah. and, instead yeah. of, and instead of dealing with that issue and making it an interesting part of her character arc, then the next week they were just like, oh, but there was just like things that you didn't know about her. And like she, yeah, she had a sad childhood. Yeah. And like she got wrongfully, and like she was, 
the people that she was beating up were actually gangsters. So it's like, it's all okay. Like, it was just such I did weird, really enjoy right? yeah, that. And the other time that she was cussing someone out, she was being sexually harassed. But when her boss asked her why she did it, she said absolutely nothing. She just wringed her fingers and let him cut yeah. two months pay. What? The, how does that even make sense? So that aspect, and then this part, like, spoilers for episode seven, where, like, even her storyline with her dad, which seems to be like a big part of what's coming up, is also going to be connected to him. So it's all connected to him in the end. Yeah. Eh. But I mean, I, <laughs> like I love the two of them. They're very cute. It's like the side characters are wonderful. Yeah. I love Na Youngju. I love the fact that they're roommates. <laughs> so I'm going to keep watching. Do you think Youngju has a crush on on Seon? Uh, on her sunbae? No, no. Oh, on yeah. On Seon. On Lee Jae-hoon. Hmm, I don't know. Her sunbae definitely has a crush on her, though. Oh, yeah, he does. But does she have she a crush watches, on Thingy? Yeah, the way she, she definitely watches him a lot. So yeah. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's hard to tell because she's very, like, poker-faced. Oh, I like her so much. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how, like, now she's the only one who's still calling out Chesubin on her crap. So that also <laughs> makes me happy. Like, she's the she's exactly who Chesubin needs in, exactly. in her life. Yeah. Like, there's no True. BS. Don't okay. even try it. <laughs> okay, so next, um, I wanted to talk a little about Beauty Inside, which I started and pretty much caught up within a day's time because I loved it so much. I didn't actually love it initially. Like just when the drama, in, in the first two episodes of the drama, um, it seemed to me that, uh, okay, so uh, basic premise, um, you have uh, Seo Hyun Jin uh, playing this uh, actress, this famous uh, actress, um, Han Se Kei. And she, every month, for about a week, she vanishes. And she has a really bad reputation of making public spectacle of herself. But she's also super popular, gets lots of commercials, Arira. The drama starts with this huge thing happening and she uh, runs away right in the middle of it. So it starts with a scandal. And she has a contract with um, this uh, airport, I think, that is run by uh, uh, um Sodoche, I'm pronouncing it right. Um, that's played by Lee Min Ki, and oh my god, I just I started watching this for Lee Min Ki. Okay, I'm seeing him in something like um, he, this is his second drama after the the long ass break he took. I don't know if he was taking a break or what. I didn't see him um for ages, so I, I was starved to have him on the screen, and I love him so much. But um, he's playing this Chebol, um, but this dude who can't uh, recognize faces, so he's got that thing that oh prospectus yeah yeah that <laughs> thing um but uh but he's again like he he's trained himself to uh recognize people by other signs moving on um so he uh, um is this and why he can recognize her no matter what body she's in kind of he figures out certain things about her and he can always see her and the thing with hanseke is that when she transforms, and that's it's it's this bizarre magic nobody explains, it just started happening to her one day. When she transforms, even her best friends can't tell that it's her. Now they know that it's her because they have like over the years they have like they know that this happens to her. But if they just met her on the street, they would not know it's her. Whereas with um Eamon Key's character, he he doesn't have to like she doesn't have to introduce herself to him. There are certain things because of which when she he meets her, no matter what body she's in, he knows. Oh, and cool. 
that is just so many things. And but the thing is, initially they played that angle where he has her in a contract and he's manipulating her to do his bidding, which is an achievable uh, trope that we have seen in other dramas. And I have grown to hate, mm-hmm. where, like especially because I've read a lot of those in romance uh, novels, the the Milson Boone type romance novels, and I'm just you you get you get bored of those fast. And um, so he started doing that. Thankfully, though. Um, like there was even this moment where he put her in this horrible situation like he left her in the middle of the street and she had to walk for hours and she was super tired then he comes back and he's like okay are you done throwing a tantrum now it will be like he's playing savior after he put her in that situation i was so ready to stop watching that drama right there but right after that they have a scene where they are just talking and it it just it started improving from there like the moment he realized that she is not this shallow uh, chick who just runs away from all problems that there are uh, there is another aspect to her the drama stabilizes and then now it's it's at it at its best right now it's at its peak i think it's it's episode 7 8 right now they um are in a pretty amazing place in terms of relationship and the drama's drama has a quick pace and if anybody watched um Hey, what was that alien drama? Uh, another, another star. You from another star, right? You from another star. If you guys have watched that, do you remember um, the arc that the female lead's career took, where she was like being displaced by uh, the person playing second lead? La la la. A lot of those things were happening. Something similar is happening with Hansegi's career here. But and Hansegi is such, such a, um, an advocate for. uh speaking up when something is going wrong that that's one of the reasons that she has so many scandals like if she sees uh sexual harassment or someone um importuning a a a a junior she will step in even though that makes her look awful and everybody gets embarrassed she'll do it anyway oh, i awesome. love her character here yeah and sorojie is just he's hilarious and he's poignant and he's sweet and he has this complete blank expression on his face that is a little hard to adjust to initially but then you realize that he's doing it deliberately it's because he literally when he looks at other people's faces he sees nothing much it's almost like a blank canvas he can see the eyes the face lipsticks and all of that stuff like any markers on your face the way you, the way your hair styles you can see everything but he he cannot place your face to a name right so it just there are no like emotions don't play on his face until he starts developing a relationship with hansege and i think that was a deliberate character um tell that he did and i i appreciate it i i really like the drama right now so uh, even came pulled something like that off where other people <laughs> might just look like a robot yeah and he just uh, gives a whole new meaning to time of the month as well so <laughs> yeah, actually, I was thinking of that. <laughs> oh wait, so it's like doesn't happen to her all the time. It's once a month. It's once a month, and it's always for a week, okay. usually. So you get a yeah. significant chunk of time where she's actually herself. Because I was wondering about that. Yeah, but imagine like you're working in an industry where they are like you're trying to schedule um commercials and and let's say you're working in a drama, then they have a tight schedule and suddenly in a 60 day a period of shooting if you are not available for 14 days that inconveniences a lot of people. Yeah. So she she and you sh- they show that how uh, how her career is affected because <laughs> yeah. Case, yeah. But she has two really great friends. Oh, and do you guys remember uh, Idahi? um yeah. uh, from uh, yeah. uh, i hear your voice and yeah. that other drama secret like love her. 
Yeah. I love her so much here. Yeah, you know what she's doing? What she character she's playing here? She is playing uh, Seroje's younger sibling, but also she's playing the typical male second lead role where you have him in competition with uh, uh, you know the second lead uh, guy in competition with the first lead guy, and they are both like sort of like business rivals but siblings and they both fall for the same girl that, that she's playing that that's that that brother character here well she's a sister but yeah i love it i love the subversion of the trope and she has this rivalry with even ki's character and even ki looks at her as a younger sibling but she's like no you your family is not my family anyway you guys have to watch it so like, is she interested in sohyunjin's character oh no 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 she's not interested in her that way she's just she it's a rivalry that's the primary thing in, uh, in her life she has to prove herself to the family that she's better than oh, siroje okay, okay. Right. and whereas to siroje the competition isn't that big a deal he, she, he tries not to be petty towards her even though you know he he will not let her get away with bullshit but he'll protect her if if she gets in trouble and she isn't comfortable with the fact that he treats her like that he she refuses to acknowledge that because they're step siblings they're not oh, um, okay. there is that gap. but the the funny thing about she has a lot of really cute funny lines yeah and just yeah this this one time that she gifts shodoje a fish and he takes it back to his office and he has his whole tank full of fish where he practices recognizing the fish because that's one of the uh, <laughs> things that he trains with and he cute. puts it in there and his his assistant who knows everything about his uh, his disease he, that's a secret from almost everyone his mother's the only other person who knows and then hanse k figures it out but so his assistant is standing beside him and they are watching the fish and his assistant is like Are you sure she didn't bug the fish? And then in back in her office, Kamsara is sitting there, and she's like, "I should have bugged the fish." <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. All right, you sold yeah. me. I'm definitely gonna watch this one. Have time. I'm still on the fence. Yeah, but I'll, I'll wait and see how both of you feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. Have you watched the film? No, I have not. I have it. not. I I have it. I have it on my. I have it like really high on my watches. I completely I forgot it that. Too, but I just keep forgetting. <laughs> Are you either of you going to watch it now or uh, after the drama? I no. after this drama ends I probably will though. Because I love the trailer. The trailer was so amazing and they have so many amazing actors yeah. um guest starring in that one. So Yeah, they did. Yeah. I started watching it but then I was like this is like I don't know. And then I <laughs> carry on. But you but you would really like this drama, I promise you. Um if if there is any um uh, problem you have with this drama it's probably going to be in those first two episodes where they do that whole chebol thing. uh the arrogant uh, manipulative chebol uh line that plot but once yeah. that they move out of that it becomes so much better putting it on my so thanksgiving really like watch list mm. yeah the cast yeah. is great so the next one is tegas behind me um anisa sai both of you are still watching this right yes yeah we sold Bye. this <laughs> you, anisa <laughs> Hey, yeah, Saya sounds like a little less excited than me. No, 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 I just um I'm I'm waiting for you to go first because I, you didn't watch it last time, so Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you totally sold me on it. I started watching it. You were so right. I love it. I think what I love the most <laughs> is like this spy stuff is very ridiculous, but it not in a way that like makes the drama worse. It's just yeah. fun. You know, like it works. It's like it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it is ridiculous. Like every But time someone needs to be rescued like or they have some kind of mission like suddenly they're all wearing suits and like at first it was really serious <laughs> but now like the neighborhood and stuff are all being cute. It's great. Um and then like he suddenly like whenever he has to like 
inconspicuously go on a mission, he takes his like bright blue sports car. I'm like, what yeah, so just <laughs> <sort of> like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great because like the show seems to be in on the joke so i'm fine with it um the, the like it doesn't take itself seriously no. it's not trying to make you think oh we're trying to be so hard and it's like no we're just we're, we're really running with this and just having fun and there's so much heart in every interaction between all of the characters it's just a really great ensemble cast it's very heartwarming and there is no such thing as too much soju sub with babies. It's just, that's like, yeah. I could actually watch that drama all day with it just being about him playing with the kids. He with does that such a great face. Yes, he does such a great job of being this like serious, over overly large lump that has like a marshmallow <laughs> in for a heart, you know? And it's just like, it's very easy to melt. And like, he does it with the kids, but he also does it with Jung and Son's character. Yeah. Like, she does something and he's just like, you're adorable. Like, you just see it in his eyes. He's like trying to be hard, but he's not. <laughs> Not tough at yeah, all. I think you get the sense that he's just kind of wounded, not like you know dead inside. And it's oh, I could watch it. <laughs> it's it's he, the first thing I watch on on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mm. It's so easy to watch. You don't like you don't have to. You can just press play and and watch it. With other things, I have to kind of gear myself up a bit and like get into the right mind space. But with this one, it's just uh, this is just fun, pure fun. Although, like, it's gotten. All of a sudden, like surprisingly, really dark in the last episode, and I didn't yeah. expect that. So we'll see how that if it's able to like maintain its tone well, and everything um, with this new plot. I kind of like I don't know how uh, spoilery we're gonna get here, but I pretty much I felt like the thing was coming with uh, uh what's her name? The oh Yura, uh, Yura's mom. <laughs> Is, no, I, but that that didn't seem to come out. How are you up to date? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. watched the last episode. The one with the uh, NIS boss, the guy who is, you know, what's his name? Oh, what's the, uh, you know, oh, <laughs> what's her name? The character, <laughs> the Kingsbag Sajung. Oh, Yujian. Right. Gia. Right, right, right. So Jian's boss, Um, about how pushy he was getting about oh so you've been talking to Terius, have you and mm -hmm. uh, you haven't told anyone it's like I, I kind of felt those vibes from him even earlier yeah that was so pretty it, obvious. that doesn't surprise me but i'm scared now because you know she doesn't suspect him at all and, that, and also like if in the latest episode this new kind of threat from the of this company that's doing this like really dark and horrible thing and it's connected to like one of the characters in the neighborhood association which like makes yeah. me kind of sad you know but you know um because they showed the uh shoes in oh wait no isn't yours mom the one with the uh husband yes Right. She's the one whose but, husband is involved in something much darker than she actually Right, exactly. Yeah. And he's like legit bad. But then um at the the episode before that, in last week's episodes, didn't they end with a shot of like a pair of red shoes in uh um Sengyappa's house in Kangyang's house? No, they didn't. Oh where did where was the red shoe shot then? Red shoes has just been like the red shoe lady meeting with like various. But no, you know like there was a pair of red shoes in in his house was it not did i watch that wrong i don't think there was a pair of high heels but they weren't red were they not hers but okay, i mean we haven't seen his wife that. but like it's yeah been but then, proven that she's not his wife yeah right exactly yeah. i think it was so just a red, like, <laughs> a red herring a red herring 
But that was a weird red herring to cliffhanger on there. Yeah, I don't know. But um, anyway, yeah. I'm sure it was just a misdirect to, you know, lead people down path. Because a lot of the other stuff is very obvious. Yeah. But but yeah, I think it's a cute show. It's hilarious. Um, and Son Ho-jun is great. He's just... Son like, is great. He's the best character in this. He's the best, <laughs> like, villain who turned out to be... Um, Pathetic, but in a, a little, really yeah, horrible way. Exactly. He's, like, such a sniveling coward, he's like but he's a also... Bad he knows he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. And his his um, interactions with Soji Sub in this last episode and a half were really great. And even his, like, oh, yeah, even his interactions with, like, uh, Jung In-sun, but just, like, he's really funny as he a... Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, you don't even love to hate, you just love. <laughs> <laughs> he's very silly. Yeah, he's just a sad man. Aww. Okay, but which yeah. is, this is good to know, because, like, when he was first introduced, his... That entire scene, that interview scene where um, he realizes that his secretary kind of screwed him over by um, advertising for a married woman. <laughs> I <that> was kind of... <laughs> like, he's so ineffectually nice. evil. He tries to be evil, but he doesn't do a good job. No, and he also, like, he's nice. bad. He, like, does bad things, but everyone's like, you're not a good person. He's like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know, so it's not like... <laughs> It's a great dynamic that he has with, like, the rest of the, the team of characters. That we love. And, like, the way he talks and the way he delivers, uh, you know, the, his lines is, like, it's just it's really, like, this snooty, but also very easy to bring down. Yeah. Really yeah. So, yes, watch it. He's so watch underrated. He, he needs better roles like this, but bigger. Yeah, I think this is a great role for him. Cause it's yeah. It's really different from other things that he's done. Okay, let's move on to the next. Okay. Burma, I think so I was thinking one. maybe we can just, um, we can talk about Player first before moving on to others since it's like not exactly the same genre, but... No, actually, you're quite Pretty right. Um, <laughs> Player is also, it's like the semi-serious kind of, not quite heist drama, but it's like it's an ensemble of a gang of um, outlaws, I guess, or people. Well, yeah, outlaws. Yeah. Um, and you've got like Sung Sing Han, who I am a fan of, despite all the handheld jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he, uh, who else is in this? Um, Crystal and um, what's his name? Should I just quickly look this up? Something, was it? Something Sheehan? Ishian? Oh, Ishian yeah. and somebody else who I can't remember but who's really adorable. Um, so his whole gang of like um, petty criminals is is like this, your sort of classic, not quite classic, but almost classic. Um, there are four men, band, four, three men, one woman band. But you know, you've got the driver, the getaway driver, which is Crystal. You've got the fighter, uh, who is the guy whose name I can't remember. Sorry, guy, I can't remember. <laughs> and you've got Ishian, who's the hacker. And then uh, Sung Sung Un is the brains. So, like, the first <laughs> Sorry, episodes... I just find that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so cruel. <laughs> no, no, I'm, he's lovely. Keep going. <laughs> I've had that reaction from more than one person. It's okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, the first couple of episodes uh, is about, like, how the band comes together. And like how they recruit Crystal. And you know, um, I haven't seen Crystal since I think the drama she did with Rain, which didn't, you know, it was like, it was watchable more or less, but it wasn't all that. Um, 
but yeah, she's pretty good in this. Like, she plays this sort of haughty, not haughty, but like um, snarky, uh, acerbic kind of. She's smarter than everyone as well, so uh, at least smarter than the hacker and the fighter. And so once they're all collected, the, it, it's quite linear, like it progresses in quite a linear way. So there's not like a, like a thousand subplots or anything. So first it gives, it gives you each member of the band's kind of backstory and perspective. So mm -hmm. we've just heard from last week, we just, uh, I'm a week behind on this, but the last episodes I watched, we had Crystal's backstory um, about how, uh, you know, she had grown up alone and, she uh, had been in an orphanage and, you know, um, she'd been betrayed by the gang that had first taken her in uh, and then she ended up in jail and now she's come out. She just pretty much wanted to live cleanly or at least more cleanly than being a member of that gang. But then she kind of got pulled into the gang again and then this whole situation happens where she ends up being rescued by the boys who are all like, you know, like, that's our sister, that's our dongsing, how dare you? <laughs> Nobody touches our dongsing, you know? And it's really mm -hmm. great because it's got that really sort of warm brotherly feeling. It's not like complicated by romance, mm -hmm. it's just a family feeling. Like these, you know, she's one of us, she's yeah. our. So it's like a found family Robin Hood-ish, but I don't know, like. Yeah, um, but there is also- With a heart of gold, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and there's, of course, there is that sort of deeper backstory of Song Sung Han is trying to find out the mystery of his own father's death. His father used to be a uh, prostitute. There's always a mysterious father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, there is that sort of, that's the, I think, the overarching story going forward of what they're trying to find out in all of the things they do. It's to get closer to, to the heart of that mystery. So now they've been sort of... Um, the, he has gotten himself recruited by a current prosecutor who, uh, as you later find out, was a, cl a close hube of his dad's. Except it's been a long time, so that prosecutor, who is, by the way, what's his name? Kim Won-hae. Um, you know, the artist she who is in everything, including like, Ghost Detective, the one who was in While You Were Sleeping. Um, so, he, you know, you've got this relationship between those two. And sort of like he acts like he's reluctantly helping law enforcement but actually he's he's actually trying to get something done so they have teamed up like that um and yeah it's it's looking good i am a week behind but i'm really enjoying it it's fun but it's also like really warm and quippy and one-linery yeah i like it how how is ghost detective going by the way so ghost detective um you know, I really, really like this drama in the beginning, and I do still like. I, it's again, it's the second drama I watch every week after, after Terrius. Um, it's like it's got this really wonderful ensemble of super compelling characters. Like every character is really compelling, and I don't mean the actor; I mean their actual character, like Daniel Cho's character, Hagenbin's character, uh, and all of the others. Like all of the satellite characters, they all are really interesting as characters and with their histories and their backstories. Uh, and every episode, it feels like a lot of stuff happens, but not a lot of progression does. So, like. The, so you mean in the larger character development? Yeah, exactly. Not oh. character development, plot development. Like oh, the okay. uh, sort of the long story of this was, you know, the woman in red. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, who was like a malevolent spirit who has been going around making people uh, die right. or, or kill themselves. Uh, <coughs> so I'm going to just tell you the spoiler now because I don't know if you're going to watch it and the show Oh ends. no, don't tell me this oh, not, Okay, okay, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, in any case... Um, it takes a while, like with the whole trying to take her down, it has, I think, a few too many turns. Uh, okay. Again, this is probably, it's really great. I really like it. It's really tense and all of the character moments are wonderful and it's haunting and it's, you know, it's all of that. But it does, like, you feel like they don't win enough. They, they, they like, keep on losing. Um, but, I mean, there's one episode to go. I am optimistic of a good ending, although. I don't know how, but mm. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm not like, I don't think this is uh, the kind of story that they are going to end tragically because that would just not be right. I think that's probably going to decide me for whether I'm going to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, how the ending goes. If you yeah. like ending. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will keep you updated. Yeah. Let us know about the ending. I am worrying about the ending of this, this, this drama that I have now gotten sucked into and can't stop watching which is the smile has left your eyes look it had Sean Cook I had to watch it but like, I'm surprised it took you this long to get started I mean it started weeks I ago. was trying not to watch it because you guys remember when we were talking about this as an upcoming drama and we know that the Japanese one does not have a good ending but um but we also know just that the drama likes to give it a good ending. Yeah, just a note about this, like, they kept, but just like a small note, they kept going back and forth on the English name. And oh, yeah. And gone back to 100 million stars from the sky, like, as the official English okay. name again, which I don't know why they did that. But anyway, just as a note for people who are <laughs> Okay, concerned. yeah, that that's cool. Yeah, that is a literal uh, translation anyway, so yeah. that makes sense. So, but the thing is that I, I realize that Korean drama sometimes um, does give happy endings to what originally was not one. But, Saya, you would appreciate this. The last time Seo and Cook was this smart, intense, and manipulative. You? I'm sorry, what? I remember you. No. Police Unit 38. Uh... And what happened to him at the end? <laughs> he went to jail. Oh, oh, I didn't watch that one. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. find that a bad ending. I really liked it. No, it wasn't that. a bad ending, but come on. You you just, I mean, he was such a tragic character. Yeah, he And was. he didn't get a, he, he got justice of sorts, but he didn't, he, he won in the end, but he also lost, you know, it's. But so, you needed, um, it have you, has either of you watched the original Japanese version? No, of, and uh, I do not want to know anything about the original <laughs> Japanese version. This is why I'm like Japanese not talking part. right now because I'm afraid to say anything. Hold on, hold on to this one ends. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. I was just oh, curious I to know watch. if either one of you. Seen. I just haven't had time. I would not have watched it even if I had time. The moment you tell no, no, me no, something, the Japanese ends, one, the Korean one. Yeah, okay, I watched so the, I have the, thing. the first it's, episode. It's a bit of a tough sell to you guys um, because both of you have issues with those shades of cheating um, and stuff which does happen here because Seon Go's character here is definitely manipulative and he has some plan in, in the mo- motion it's, and it's probably not a good one. Um, not a good one as in I'm sure the plan is great but not in terms of virtue a good one. Yeah, no, like I actually really loved the Japanese version even though it was harrowing and intense and like I cried, but 
It's, I think in my opinion, it's like one of the Kimura Tokyo's like top three performances in any drama. I've watched a lot of his dramas and like, he's so good in that. And then like the female lead, I think it's Leno Jui. She's also like really, really good. It's my favorite role of hers. And like- so You watched the first episode, right? How does that I watched compare? half of the first episode. I feel like he has a similar vibe going. And like, I think I would be okay. I usually have problems with the cheating thing, but like, it's more when the person is presented to me as the hero or the heroine and a good person. Yeah, here he's presented like, as a, a sort of really immoral yeah, character who exactly. doesn't watch out for. So then for in the original version, I didn't have a problem with him because he was the protagonist, but he wasn't necessarily the hero and the show wasn't trying to sell him to you as a hero. So I was yeah. fine with that. So I, And I get a similar vibe with Songook here. He's like very... Uh, He's kind of inscrutable and he's like does unexpected things and people are attracted to him but they're also kind of repelled by him at the same time so like he's definitely got the same vibe going from the from what i know about like from what i've seen yeah. so far as from the original so i just don't know if i can go through that same experience again i'm very torn because i love the, the leads but i'm just like oh, i don't know <laughs> I don't know how how uh, this thing will end, but till now it's been such a it's it's been an intense watch, but it, not a it's. I was expecting it to be. I don't know for some reason I was expecting it to be heavy on the melodrama and really sad and depressing or something. But oh, it no. wasn't. It's it's yeah. thrilling and it's it makes me anxious. And the entire time I'm watching it, I'm like holding my stomach, going, "Oh my god!" It's it just, so once you finish it. Then we should yeah. talk about why it, this particular case, it's like a hard drama to rewatch because I can't really tell you without spoiling it. I have so. a question. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So do you guys think, like, what do you guys think about Soenguk? Uh, like, is his, do you think his forte is anti-heroes? Or no, no, not after replying in 1997. <laughs> that I was mean, so long ago. <laughs> Yeah, but he also did like shopping King Louie. Like he plays a really good dweeb, and the thing but he's is, very lovable. <laughs> to, to be fair, he's not exactly the anti-hero here. It's um, well, he is of sorts, but he's a he's a he's a anti-hero that you can almost just about really really like, and you can see what is so compelling about him in inside the world of the drama. Like here's this guy who wears like very but the a, a, a super. I don't even know, it's not torn up, but just about to be raggedy t-shirt to a really posh restaurant. And he looks all scruffy and he's skinny and you wonder if he's taken a bath, but he's still <laughs> so damn compelling. You don't, you're not surprised when there's this rich, um, when this heiress falls in love with him and is sort of ready to leave everything and run off with him. And it's not even, and it's not like at any point he is being um he's gaslighting her or being abusive or manipulating or any of those things he's actually being pretty straightforward it's just that people are he is using people's weaknesses and their flaws against them i i really like this about this police unit character Right? Yeah, uh, it is. He has the same sort of scary, intense look in his eyes and maybe suddenly smiles. Oh, wait. Did you imagine that? I Did I imagine that look? just remembered High School King. Okay, forget that. <laughs> I think that. Yeah, no, like, I think he's very versatile and he can play pretty much anything. And I can totally see him doing a great job with this role. So, 
Yeah, and I think he's he's nicely balanced with um, uh, Jung Soo Min's character here. But Jung Soo Min does not have a a lot of heavy lifting to do in terms of um, the emotions that she has to convey. But she is a solid actress, and she's a she's a solid uh, presence in his life. You can see how while he manipulates other people, why he doesn't do the same to her, why she's different, and it's not because she's a special snowflake. There are certain things that he notices about her, and then she reinforces those things by decisions that she makes in her interactions with him. Anytime he does something awful, she calls him out. Even when she starts developing feelings for him, she doesn't just, just she doesn't let anything go, you know. And, and she is she she hopes for certain choices, and he when he doesn't make those, she is hurt, and she makes her hurt clear. I'm just I I really enjoy their dynamic right now. But you know the person that I that the the actor that I am like wholeheartedly in love with, aside from Seo and Cook. Right now, it's the um, actor playing um, Jung Soo Min's oppa, his her older brother, the detective, uh, Park which is uh, Park Sung Woo. Yeah, I have uh, not seen him anything okay. else. <laughs> you know, he is so he is so, awesome. he is so yeah. great, and, yeah, and he has that him. same thing that Seo and Gook does, but he as a as in a more matured character, and especially in his kind of character, he's he is an easygoing detective. He's not taken too seriously by his colleagues. He's actually. Um, kind of bullied by uh, his superior, but there are these moments when he notices something, or you're interacting with him, and then there is this sudden switch where he goes from easygoing to intense, and he is—you can almost imagine him pointing a gun at you and shooting you if he thinks you're like you're a threat. It's that switch is chilling, and I, I just really, really love his character, and I also like that he. He's the only one who meets Chiyongo character and is instantly suspicious of him to the point where he becomes a bit obsessive. But he's also a, a good enough detective that he he realizes that that he is obsessing about it mm-hmm. and that maybe that's clouding his judgment. He questions himself. I just really really like these characters. So, so yeah, I'm looking seems, forward to. Yeah, it seems from your description that they're following the Japanese version very closely because the characters oh, no. sound very similar <laughs> and like the way you describe them sound exactly the same. So no, 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 no. I might have to watch this so I Let's, can like compare remember, it. Remember with Mother, which was also a remake of a Japanese drama, that yeah. they told the entire story of the Japanese version, but then they gave you closure. So mm. you can you can be optimistic. Isn't this is it the same team behind this or not? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say better. anything else. Let's just leave it there and like let's come back to this. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared yeah. now. Maybe I'm not going to start. It. <laughs> I am going to try to watch it cuz I'm really interested to like discuss this with you guys. So, if you if you're willing yeah. to like step into this pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys can discuss it and I'll close my ears if I haven't watched I, it. I I am going to watch this thing no matter how it turns out. I just okay. can't help myself at this point. It, <laughs> yeah. it just gripped me to the point where I can't even turn away even if I want to. That so. sounds like the Japanese version. I was like, I think I just like kept <laughs> watching because I couldn't stop. So yeah, it's a very interesting kind of story. Yeah. Okay, okay what's next? Oh, the final item on our list. Guys, your Netflix discovery. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, this is not strictly a Korean drama, but it is a drama about Koreans. So it counts. Yeah. (laughs) Does it count as a drama? It's a sitcom about Koreans. We we say it counts. So I I say it counts. Yes. (laughs) So I just started watching uh, Kim's Convenience a couple of weeks ago, and I've just finished the first season. And um, Anissa, who did not tell me about this, 
I thought you knew. <laughs> Why I tweeted I about it? I, I, can't, I don't see every single tweet, oh, sadly. But it was like one of my popular tweets, which there aren't a lot of those. So I haven't <laughs> seen it. <laughs> oh, oh, clearly I, I shouldn't like make a point to like check into your page more often um yes I feel unloved <laughs> no, I, do you know what the problem with me and Twitter is that if I go to my homepage I will be there for the next six hours mm, so I don't do that, that is a problem yeah that's a Twitter problem <laughs> so like anyway yeah so anyway, about the show oh my yeah God. this is like do you know what and i think again i've probably discussed this before on twitter it's that the whole question of representation and what it means and being able to look at media and see yourself i always thought that whole discussion was a bit overrated because it's like well i can see myself when i look in a mirror okay i don't need a drama to show me myself and <laughs> oh you're one of those oh okay <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> As I said, that's not really the voice inside my head. But like, you know, there was like, I understood intellectually that it might be important to other people. But like, it, I didn't feel like it bothered me or affected me too much. And then, like, I guess this is the difference between never seeing any representation. And then when you finally do see it, you're like, oh, my God, this experience, this thing that I'm experiencing, you're telling me that this is a thing that has been missing all this time that I never knew I could experience. Like, I literally did not understand that I could have that experience. Yeah. So, because even with K-dramas, when you have that experience, and because we talked about this in our uh, Origin Stories episode, um, but we were still talking about something that was outside of our culture. Like, it yeah. was not English-speaking. It was in another country. It aligned with a lot of the things that we were familiar with, but it was still, we were still outside it. Uh, and in this case, okay, and like, you know, I'm neither Korean nor Canadian, <laughs> but... I still like watching it. It was like, rah, like you have captured this immigrant experience perfectly. And for me, it's not just the immigrant experience. I mean, there's a lot of universals in there as well. Of course, things like the family stuff, family conflict, family closeness, family distance, family values. Um, all of that is, is, is pretty universal. But add to that the fact that, like, you know, I, I run a shop. Mm, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> the family owns business. Then, yeah, that's definitely. Like, I was relating to it on, like, multiple levels. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'd call my sister from the next room and be like, come here, come here, quick. Oh, my God, you have to see this scene. And then it would be, like, something that we've had with our customers. And you're just, like, like pain laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten to the part yet where, like, she's, like, negotiating with her dad about why he doesn't pay her and how she does <laughs> And then she goes like... off somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Oh, all that part, and, you know, that that's the, the light side of it, but then you have the dark side of it where her stupid teacher, uh, I'm sorry, her professor is like, oh, you're so repressed and so abused, and, oh, my God, it's okay. And you're like, are you certain, like, please? Oh, Stop. that was too real. Like that also, yeah, yeah, so real. And you're like, this is like genuinely what it's like. And because like I'm watching that and I'm thinking, like I'm not a, a white person, so I'm not watching this from a white perspective. It's not possible for me to watch this from a white perspective. So I wonder when like white people watch this, what are they getting out of it? Because what I'm getting out of it is something so unique to the experience of being an immigrant. And like, are they getting that, or are they just? But you they know, don't need to get money? it. It's okay. Like, but I kind of I feel like because it offers a they window can, into that. They can learn about it, but they don't them. have to. Like, we relate to characters that don't have our experience mm. all the time. But I so think part they can of it is that one show. 
part of it is that I want that to be sort of acknowledged for people to realize these are the things that happen to us. These are truths about our lives that we're not exaggerating or making up. This genuinely happens. This isn't just, it's not like a, a comedy beat. This is, this is life. I think some uh, people do though. I'm sure some white people absolutely would understand that, especially when you have certain themes repeated um, in not just one uh, TV show, but if there are more TV shows that come after this and they show similar themes again, it just gets into your subconscious and you realize, oh, okay, these are things that happen yeah. in real life. This is a real thing. That's just not made up for entertainment. And, and, no, and you get it. Yeah, and no TV show is going to do a perfect job of representing. Like, for example, even with Kim's Convenience, like as much as I adore it and it's wonderful, there it's are certain things. Yeah. yeah, like why do the parents speak in broken English? Yeah. You know? That's not necessarily a thing. Like, that's not necessarily the way that actual Korean people who, who have been living in Toronto for like 30 years would necessarily talk. They would still have I, an accent. I actually, I actually felt like, the, you know, the part of the reason was that in that kind of setup, you would expect them to actually just talk like mix a mixture of English and Korean. And of course, because it, it being TV and you want to be, you know, you don't want to have to use subtitles on TV. Mm. That's but, why they had them speaking like that. Well, there's... But yeah, yeah I get what you're that. saying. Yeah, I mean, the part where the family is talking to each other then yeah, they would speak Korean. So it's weird that they're talking English. But then the other thing is just the way, but anyway, I mean, like, obviously it's been simplified because it is a sitcom, right? So mm. like, it can't, it's always going to be like kind of tropey and exaggerated for comedy. And, but like Marmo was saying, it does introduce those ideas. And like, if you have enough shows that have those ideas, then people start to understand, oh, like everyone else's experience is not the same as mine. And like, it's cool to, understand other people's experiences like, and not watch the same story all the time my like from what i've seen with people in real life around me is that they can validate that experience on the screen but they can't transfer that understanding to real life or they transfer it in a weird and warped way mm. I mean, I suppose that would happen with some people, but yeah, uh, I get, I'm not mixing with the right people, clearly. <laughs> no, but it, no, it's an also it's hard to it's hard to look at anecdotal evidence and say whether something is a general. Yeah, no, of course, right? of course. So, that's yeah. why I'm saying in my experience, as opposed to this is what people do, because obviously, I need better friends. <laughs> and the other thing is that shows like this are only now just starting to be made, so you can't expect mm -hmm. them to have that much of an influence when when there's still so many problematic things on tv and in movies that are having a much bigger impact on the way that people see certain types of people you know like there's so there's like the last 50 years of the way that for example muslims have been portrayed in hollywood and arabs that's not all gonna go away because you have like a couple of nice shows that show yeah. people as more, yeah, more human and not as terrorists you know I'm yeah. that show. Right. we don't even have that show yet like yeah shows about i mean i feel people. like it's uh Actually, I don't even know if we've taken a step towards it because perhaps that's too optimistic right now. But, but can Muslims I point out humans, something? That, when is that going to happen? Go yeah. on, Pete. Um, I just wanted to point out something that, Saya, you told me a while back, and this is very true. Um, 
foreign policy that is never going to be influenced by um, dramas that happen at home about um, immigrant families like once you're american or english like you've immigrated with your family and you've been there for years you're part of that culture so the stories told in that uh, in that space the the kids who were born to those parents and grow up in this this sort of half space where they're both things they're both british and indian for instance or or they are both canadian and i don't know american just give a mix to the or arab and you have these kids who have this unique experience of growing up and when they are represented on um this on, on tv screens it's their experience it's not the experience of an arab kid it's uh, arabs are still you know like foreigners mm. they are yeah. others whereas this kid who uh, um, might be a mix of um arab parents think, and and british yeah, upbringing that, that or, experience or, you know, of being between the two things is a very different place to being exactly, either one that's a, that's a totally different person yeah. than yeah. than than a story just because games convenience for instance is a story of canadian uh, koreans or korean canadians um whichever <laughs> sorry <laughs> but it's it's not the story of south koreans or or koreans at all it's mm. there are there are elements of that culture that comes into the sitcom i'm pretty sure it does of course it does but it's that in and of itself will not make um canadians or americans watch the sitcom and feel more benevolent or or accepting uh, of uh, korean tourists coming in or or just or just koreans in terms of foreign policy it's not that is not what what the aim of these sitcoms are either it the aim of these sitcoms is, is to tell the immigrant story tell the story of the of the koreans who are growing up in canada or america it's it's it, it's telling the story of a different people no of so course foreign policy is not going to be i don't think we're yeah no i agree and i don't think we're ta- even talking about foreign policy it's just like about being accepted as a full human in your own home country where you live And as, like, a, as, as a valid society, yeah. yeah, exactly. And not treated like a whole mistrust and other mess. No, but yeah. the reason I keep saying yeah. foreign policy is because it's so influenced by the general public opinion. Like, if all of Americans thought Middle East was like the coolest place ever, if 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 everybody in America thought Yemen was like the most amazing place, the people from Yemen are so so cool. Um, you would not have any bombs dropping on Yemen. It But just would not happen. The fact that basic. we're dropping bombs on Yemen means that we're not going to get positive representations of them in our media. But you It will not get positive way. representation and, and, of people living in Yemen through sitcoms made in America. You're going to get a uh, Yemeni Yemeni uh, people from Yemen. Yemen who have migrated to America and stories of them and their family once they have um lived in America and have uh influenced as well as sort of adopted american values see, and now they have become of, american but this I mean, is kind of why I, sorry go on nisa no i think like this is a huge topic that we can't mm. cover in like two we minutes but like <laughs> basically I, what i what i want to say is that yes that's true but at the same time like if you have americans who are seen as americans who also have connections to other places those other places no longer seem as far away and unimportant and as foreign so even though those people still remain foreigners it does decrease that sense of otherness about anyone mm-hmm. who's not like a white person because you do see the connections more and and i think that's valuable like it's valuable in journalism it's valuable in tv it's valuable in entertainment but it's going to take a really long time for that to change 
And because it comes down to human relatability, like why the reason you can drop bombs on Yemen is because you don't see them as people. Exactly. If you could relate to them, if you saw them as a human being just like me, you wouldn't be able to do those things because that's what human nature is like. Yeah, and I, I think I also just wanted to point out that, like, the other side of that, it's not only, like, media representations that create feelings of mm. acceptance, it's also, if you accept those people as human, then you will be able to make TV shows and movies about them. So it right. kind of goes in both ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, last words about Kim's... Oh, I wanted to say something before we end, is, like... <laughs> It gives me so many feelings to watch, like, the streetcars on Toronto streets. I'm like, oh, yeah, because hometown. (laughs) It's my hometown. So, like, that was an extra layer. My dad is the one that actually watched it first. He's like, I've been watching Kim's Convenience. He's like, it's instead in Toronto. It's, like, nice. to. It reminds me of Toronto. I was like, yeah. Oh, that is really nice. I like those those feels. (laughs) I miss my city. Aw. It does feel really homey. Yeah. (laughs) Like, even when it's not your city, it feels like, oh, I could live there. But it does it does a really good job of, like, showing how multicultural Toronto is in a, in a real and not a gimmicky way. Being really obvious about pointing out how, like, everyone is so different, but they all accept each other and, like, tolerance and all that garbage. Like, it just shows them being humans to each other and being nice to each other and being, like, neighbors and liking each other. And even if they're different, like, it's no big deal. So I just really like that about it. It feels very natural and like a true representation of the city. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I am biased. So just take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I live in a similar kind of community and it's, it's neighbors, friends, frenemies and rivals. So there's also that. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you do get that too a little bit, but it feels very natural. It doesn't feel artificial. Mrs. Park cough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. The church. The the best. So anyway, watch it, guys. <laughs> okay, upcoming yeah. dramas. So as usual, I've only listed the ones that have a like a solid air date. The ones that are just vaguely listed for November, I did not include because they don't have a premiere date. So we we'll start with Mama Fairy and the Woodcutter, which is airing starting November fifth on TVN. So this is based on. A, like a folk tale and it's about a fairy in the Goryeo period who comes down to this world she takes a bath her dude steals her clothes her fairy <laughs> clothes which means that she cannot return to heaven so he like forces her to marry him holding yeah. those clothes hostage they have two kids <laughs> he dies from falling off a cliff um, so good. she still <laughs> cannot return to heaven because she, he never told her where he hid her clothes so she waits for her husband to be reincarnated. And now she has a cafe in the present day, and she's still waiting for him. And after 699 years, she has a feeling that one of the two men visiting her cafe from Seoul is her reincarnated husband. And she has to figure it out. And she follows him to Seoul to find out. So that's a story. <laughs> I'm really hoping this reincarnated husband has a better character. I'm really hoping that she's been waiting for him so she can take revenge. Like, <laughs> This better not be yeah. like, oh, I miss you. So this is this is Munchewan is the female lead, yes, the fairy, yes. and Yunhyun Min is the is a male lead, and, and that's a, that's a solid cast, uh, a solid lead pair. 
It is, but I wish they were I'm, doing a different yeah. story. Maybe yeah. they will. I mean, we. Oh, Soji Hoon, my baby. <laughs> so Soji yeah, I, I don't know Soji Hoon. I just. Oh, he was just, in like, Solomon's Perjury, and he was Guitar Guy in School 2017. He didn't okay. have a very Ooh, big thing. Oh, I like Guitar Guy. Yeah, but you know, in you remember in Solomon's Perjury, um, the the um not quite love interest, but, but yeah, the sort of love interest for the uh, main girl Gosian. Okay, I didn't watch that, so I don't Tall know. and cute. Very mm-hmm. cute. That was the impression I got from School 2017. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing, except he had a guitar in School 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Tall and cute with a guitar, yeah. I feel like this could be interesting if they decide to, like, go somewhere unexpected. With I'm just looking at the page but... now, and it doesn't look like the, uh, like, is this like a rookie screenwriter? Because they don't have anything else listed under their name. Yeah, I don't know anything about the screenwriter, so we'll see. Um, the next one is Feel Good to Die. The literal title is Happy If You Died, just FYI. Um, <laughs> which is basically the the female lead's feelings about the male lead, because um, he, it's going to air on November 7th, by the way, on KBS. It's got Baek Jinhee and Kang Ji-won. And she basically, he, he's an awful boss. He's a terrible person. Um, and she has a dream that he uh, d- gets hit by a truck. <laughs> and then oh, she wakes up the next day and it's like still the same day. Um, and this, the synopsis says that it's, it's going to be about her trying to reform him into a better boss and a better person. So like that bothers me. Is she going to keep living the same day over and over again? Like... I wouldn't, yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's like a Groundhog Day style, but it's about her reforming him instead of trying to, like, get back to her regular life. I don't know. We'll see. I like the cast, so it's just that the story is a little bit... I haven't seen Kang Ji-hoon in anything since I watched Hong Il-dong right at the beginning of my drama watching career. Oh, really? I love him, but he hasn't really done a lot recently. He was really good in Incarnation of Money. Um... And he was also really good in, what do I love him most from, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, that 50 episode, was it, is it, is he in Giant or something? Maybe, but uh, I didn't like watch Giant. Yeah. But he's just really good. Like he, he just, he's really good at playing the hero in an interesting and nuanced way. So, um, I do like him a lot. I don't know. And I like Big Jenny a lot too, but I don't know about this premise. There's also um, God's Quiz Reboot, which is airing November 14th on OCN, which is literally just another reboot of God's Quiz. Do you guys know about God's Quiz? It's about this like medical examiner who like solves crimes. That had a couple of seasons, didn't it? Like- it's had a bunch of seasons, but I think it's been like off the air. So is this like an actual, like a proper, like a, a remake type of reboot? Like it's... Start no, it again says the that he returns to the medical examiner office after four years. When did that thing stop? When did God's Quiz stop? Was it four years ago? Then maybe they've just carried on. Maybe, yeah. It's maybe just like repeating. It's like continuing like a after a while. Type thing. Yeah. I don't know why it's called a reboot. Um, so yeah, that's like it's just a pretty standard procedural on OCN. Okay. Yeah, it Top. looks like a sequel though rather than a reboot. Yeah, I I don't know enough about the original series. Yeah. To really, yeah. Me neither. I've never watched it, though. I've thought about watching it. Yeah, I heard <laughs> it's good. I heard it's like a good procedural. But then, uh, this is OCN, right? OCN 
it's probably is. a bit gruesome. T yeah, yeah, tends yeah. to be a little bit more than I can handle sometimes. Like I tried to watch, was it um, t uh, t what was it called? Um, some something affairs, Team Ten, that one. Anyway, mm -hmm. and that was that was too hard. That was yeah. Difficult. So the next one, I'm like tentatively excited about. Although again, it has like a problematic hero, which seems to be a trend for these this month. Um, it's called Top Star Ubek, November sixteenth, TBN. It's got Kim Ji Sak, Jun So Min, and Lee Sang Yeob, who are all wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, Ubek is Kim Ji Sak. He's a former idol group member. He's a <laughs> actor, but like he doesn't try to be a good guy. This is all from the synopsis, guys. He's self-centered and brutally honest to others, even if it hurts them. He makes big trouble for himself and travels to the <laughs> island. To this get actually away. sounds really funny. Yeah, and then he meets warm people on the island. And I think the heroine is like, she owns a supermarket and a dive, and she's also a, like a diver, like a hinyo. This sounds um, like... very strong. It sounds fun, right? Yeah. It, no, and wait, you like... know what? This sounds like a plot of, of, a, of a silhouette romance from like the 90s. No, a Harlequin. A Harlequin romance <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> because we know the bad boy. No, this famous actor or famous band boy, this rich city boy, just he, he gets so oh, tired of his Oh, you're so right. Goes to, I don't know, Alabama or something and just finds love in a hometown. It's just... Or like, you know, one of those movies like Sweet Home Alabama or something. That's exactly what was in That's my mind. What I was <laughs> yeah. You said Alabama and I thought... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I used Alabama for that, but at least they switched the genders in that movie. But yeah, that was not... A, That's true. Yeah. yeah uh, that movie but that was good. such a popular trope at one point and I should know. I've read so many of those. You're right. It is very 90s. But um, I think I wouldn't really be interested except it's Kim ji -suk. Jun So Min and Lee Sang Yeop, which really makes I, me I can see Kim Ji Suk killing this. Right? He's so yeah. good. And Jun So Min, like, as a strong woman, I can, yeah. I think oh, she's physically a very strong woman. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. interesting. So that's yeah, and you know, it's K-dramas. They, they, they take, girl. like, they, Sorry, they take hackneyed, they take hackneyed, like it's key dramas, they take hackneyed tropes from like that other industries kind of like just murder by never trying to experiment with and then key dramas take the same tropes and they just make it fun. So yeah, yeah there's hope. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, It's not based on... One of these is based on a webtoon. I just wanted to check, but it's not this one. So, and and this... I mean, it, this writer wrote High Kick 3, which was good, I think. So I, I really enjoyed High Kick 3. So I, I'm looking forward to this. Um, okay, okay, next we have another creepy priest drama. Another OCN drama. Another OCN. So. Yeah. And this How many about, like, creepy exorcisms can there be? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still stuck on watching Save Me slash Rescue Me, and I'm on like episode four, and I'm too scared to carry on. I feel like Rescue Me started this trend of like creepy, yeah. um, because it was, yeah, this <laughs> is the so year long. of the creepy, creepy dramas. Yeah. So this one is basically about a, a priest, and that's a member of a group that performs exorcisms unofficially. So that's yeah. That sounds like trouble. <laughs> Yeah, it stars Yeon Woojin as the as the Catholic priest, um, and isn't he too baby faced to like manage looking solemn enough for a an exercising priest? I mean, you don't have to be old. That was just the exercise. Yeah, but you have you have to you have to look like 
you know, a spirit would run if they saw you. Or at least that you've like <laughs> felt the evil and it's like seeped into your bones and you're like weathered by it. He's not weathered by anything. He looks like he'd be eaten by it. <laughs> so Which anyway, kind that's... of almost happened to him, right? In one of the last one of the older dramas he did. Anyway, carry on. Oh, oh I just wanted to mention like the heroine played by Jung Yumi, which is like there's two Jung Yumi's. It's like the, yeah. the less famous one. The rooftop prince one. That way, but yes, the, the rooftop, rooftop prince one. one. Yeah, yeah. Let's say it that way. <laughs> um, she's a doctor. She doesn't believe in God, but she wants to save people, and she's going to have like witness a supernatural phenomenon, meet the priest, have a big change in her life. So maybe it's going to be like one of those crisis of faith type of things. So they're both saving people in different ways. I guess that's what their their commonality is. It sounds too scary for me, but um, <laughs> yeah. y'all are welcome to check it out. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard pass, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> the next one is Bad Detective, November 26th. That's airing on NBC. It stars Shin Ha-kyun, Isol, and uh, Baro. Baro is not one of the first build, but I saw him on the list, and I was like, Baro, I love Baro. So I added and he's him. surprisingly good. He is so good. He's a dark character. Yeah, he's really good. Surprisingly, he's like an idol, but he's so good. So this one is about a lonely veteran detective who only cares about work, but he's kind of morally gray. Um, And then he crosses paths with a female psychopath, which is played by Isol. Um, But he doesn't have any evidence to arrest her, and eventually they start solving cases together. Is this Isol's drama debut? Doesn't look like she's got much... I don't know her. I know Shin Hyakyun. Yeah, neighborhood lawyer guy. Yeah, I like him a lot, actually. But <clears throat> yeah, it's her first drama. She's been in a couple of movies. She plays, she's in, She's going to be in um, Her Story and another 2018 movie. But yeah, she seems like a new actress who hasn't done that much. I hope she's good. So, yeah. I'm, I'm possibly going to interesting face. So, and female serial killer is a pretty compelling premise. It does sound interesting. Maybe I won't check it out because that also sounds scary. Hmm. But it's an NBC drama, so like, how how bad can it be? It's not like this priest <laughs> exorcism one that's on OCN, which is like freaking terrifying. Yeah, but Ghost Detective is also like uh, it's like I think uh, SBS or something, but and that's scary. Mm. Or at least it was scary, but then it dialed it back by the second week. Okay. Yeah. So, again, one of us would have to be brave enough to actually check it out, <laughs> which I don't think is happening. Readers, I mean, listeners, please let us know if you watch it. It's good. Okay, oh, sorry. Uh, Ghost Detective is KBS. Sorry, just to okay. correct Okay, the last one on my list is Clean with a Passion for Now, which we have mentioned multiple times on this podcast. It's mm-hmm. airing November 26th on JTBC, and this is the one where it had Kim Yoo-jung and they later cast Yoon Gyun-sung as the male lead opposite from her. And like, we had some issues with that because he's way too old for her. Also too tall. (laughs) I mean, that's okay. I I was being flippant. I was being flippant. That's a joke. Being tall is fine. (laughs) Being tall is okay. But aside from Pinocchio, I can't think of any drama that I watched him in that I've actually liked him in. 
Priya, do you guys know of Drama Queens? Well, uh, he's the lead of Rebel. Um, okay. in uh, Rebel, the thief who stole the people. The is thing is, a... I haven't got, I haven't got to the part yet where it's adult him. So like he hasn't. Uh... Come yet. So I'm still on kid him. <laughs> but also... <laughs> Which is not him at all. <laughs> no, yeah, it's I, not him I at did... all. I did, I did watch um, Doubtful Victory, um, and you know how I felt about that show. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen him in a lead role. He was fine in Pinocchio. I don't find him I memorable. Don't anything. Except yeah. exactly. Pinocchio. He's, except he's Pinocchio. really nice. Yeah. So, like, he's in Pinocchio, his, his blandness worked. Like, in, Pino- yeah. in Pinocchio, the adult, um, Jong's blandness, that, that his character just... Like his character is quite dark uh, in, in yeah. And you also just true. don't see him very much or talk to yeah. him. It's more yeah, about true. the aura around him and um, the male leads relationship. Leads, uh, yeah, yeah, angst exactly. about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. This also has Song Jaedim in it, and like Song Jaedim is the best. <laughs> Shout out to you, Mary. Shout out to Mary. <laughs> um, but like, also okay. So the premise is that. The, the hero, I'm guessing. Yeah. The hero has uh, misophobia. Like, he's afraid of germs. He runs a cleaning company. He meets the heroine. She has a bright personality, and she doesn't mind getting dirty. And with her help, he faces his fear of germs and also falls in love with her. Which brings me back <laughs> to my disturbing trend in all of these November dramas, which, like, all of them have a hero with a problem. And the woman is going to help him Save solve him, his problem. Yeah. yeah. Whether that's like his own personality or like his struggles or his job or like all of the above. So I'm yeah, kind but of... It's not just the November dramas. Think of all the dramas we just talked about in this podcast. Like just this episode. Like all of them, including um, the, the smile has left your eyes. I mean, it's the... it's What was the first dramas that we were talking about? Most of these dramas, with the exception of Darius Behind Me probably, has the heroine somehow helping or aiding the hero in his journey. That's so, true to an extent. Although I think the smile especially left your eyes... Especially Fox Star Prize. Yeah, I don't think falls in that category, but I'm not going to say anything else about that. Um, <laughs> okay, fair, fair. We'll leave that aside yeah, because that but, one also I'm, I'm not entirely sure of. But Fox Prize Star definitely falls in that for category. For sure. Yeah, I think what struck me is because I do these, like, not, I didn't do them the last couple of months, but every time I've done them for the month and compiled them, put them together, I kind of, like, read over them together. And this is the first month where, like, they've all, of all been like that, like, from beginning to end, like, excepting for God's quiz, but I don't, that's just, like, a procedural, so. Oh, this we was really the one based on the webtoon, by the way, Clean with Passion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it actually actually sounds like a webtoon title too. I bet that's the that's a literal title. <laughs> yeah, no, it probably is. But you know, I just uh, after thirty but seventeen, knowing that uh, it was gonna be Anhyosub instead, as in Chan instead of Yunkyun Sung, just makes me sad for what could have been. Because what a cute oh, pairing yeah. would that have oh, been? Oh, I know oh. that that makes me sad too. That's just. <sighs> but I'm just hoping it's because Chan got a better. <laughs> role somewhere well, the, 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 reason, the reason he had to uh, the the reason that he dropped out was because originally this was meant to have been filmed sooner but Kim Yoo Jung was yeah. sick so, so yeah, she had to like pause it yeah. and then he yeah. could no longer keep the timing and he moved on to uh, another yeah. project so Absolutely. it was like it wasn't like a you know acrimonious or anything it just the scheduling stopped working mm-hmm. and then I also yeah, I also feel like the dynamic of her helping him overcome his problems is exa- is exacerb- exacerbated. Sorry, By the I age thing. 
Yeah, if they were both yeah. the same age or like close to the same age, like it would have been. Then it feels more equal. Yeah, yeah, then they're just like two friends helping each other through life. But when it's like this much older guy and he's like, So are you gonna like help me overcome all my problems? Yeah. And I'll fall in love with you in exchange. That's just like so <laughs> gross. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say is the, the feel good to die slash happy if you died is also based on a webcomic, which is what I was thinking about. Okay. So. <sighs> so. Are you guys excited for any of these? Let's talk about what we're excited about. November is a bit slim pickings for me. I'm, I'll tell you what I'm excited about, like early December, which is Yusinho's new drama. So we'll talk about that next year. I'm That's sure. very on brand for you. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm excited. Well, like I'm like cautiously optimistic slash excited for Top Star Ubek just because like it just sounds like a fun drama. Yeah, and so does uh, Feel Good to Die. If nothing else, it just, I, I like the whole Groundhog's Day concept. If just, if they do it well, it might actually turn That's out to be true. really fun. So. That's very much yeah. like on execution. Yeah. I'm probably going to check out uh, Mama Fairy and the Woodcutter. Because <laughs> it has that fairy tale element? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I might well, do that actually, too. Uh, yeah, and I like I'm, I'm going to wait for you guys to tell me how the first, like, two three episodes are and then I'm going to jump in. <laughs> okay this is going to be tricky to um uh, execute well like often uh, the synopsis that we get before the trailers come out they are like especially with adaptations the synopsis is more about what the original source material was about than what the drama is going to be about drama often treats the same plot a little differently so i'm That's hoping true. that this 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 well the first time when the uh, fairy means the woodcutter that entire thing is changed somehow i'm just like yeah, and I because mean, I don't is, think I'm going to be cool with this forced marriage yeah. situation. And it is based on a folk tale, fairy tale, rather yeah. than like an IP, which you have much more like strict rules about what you have to keep and what you can get rid of. Yeah. So with a fairy tale, yeah. you just get tossed whatever you don't like. So, How good is Muncho on uh, like light-hearted comedy? I've only seen her in Mellows and Suguk. Yeah, I don't know if she's good in comedy. I haven't seen her in comedy either. Hmm. But maybe it's a revenge mellow. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Oh my goodness. This is like the yeah. only time you'll ever get me like rooting for it to be revenge drama. Or a revenge comedy. I can take that too. Oh, that would be good. That would be better, actually. Revenge without the mellow. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up there, guys. Yeah. What? No, no, yeah, jokes? I've got a joke if you want one. Yes, let's do the joke. Joke, yeah. But it's not a penguin joke. Oh, it's okay. As long as it's an adjective. Adi- <laughs> adi- adi- oh, what, what do you call a vegetarian zombie? A vegetarian zombie. Mm-hmm. Brain dead. No. <laughs> it's a good guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. This one's really hard. Come on, guys. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty good. Oh, I had a totally different one. Huh? Okay, yeah. No. I made that one cool. up myself, by the way. Oh, I'm proud of you. That was a good one. Well done, man. This is like what it's like inside my brain all the time. We're starting to come up with our own. Okay, next month, Anissa, it's yours. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Okay, guys. Yeah. End of episode nine. Wait, no. End of episode. Okay, I'm not even gonna know which (laughs) episode. See everybody next month. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.
Thanks for listening, everyone. One thing, I somehow forgot to mention boyfriend and upcoming dramas, and sorry! This is a song I give a park book on vehicle coming to us in the end of November, and don't worry, we are very excited. I'm completely to blame for that omission. As always, you can find dramas over flowers wherever podcasts live. You can email us at starsinourpocket at gmail.com, you can tweet at us at dramasoverflow, and you can make our day by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can make our month or even our year, by finding us on Patreon and supporting this labor of so much love. Just look up Dramas Over Flowers or use the link in the description below. Until next time, stay blessed and keep watching dramas!